Hi, welcome to Sex Advice for Seniors and the second part of our interview with Kathy, who describes herself as a 59-year-old courtesan who is in a variety of negotiated relationships. And if you're wondering what that means, then please listen on. I found her perspective on being paid for sex and company utterly fascinating, and I'm sure that you will too. For women to have some some safety nets, right oh. now they're they're thinking about their economics and they're not thinking about society's economics. So that's why I'm so such a believer in the negotiated relationships, because if you want to have children, I mean, I birthed three children. And then you say, it's my fault that I have to get on some help to get, you know, an education to be able to support these three kids because your $550 a month doesn't help. So to me, it's everybody's got to start either voting or women have got to start saying, this is what I need to show up sexually. The negotiation has has broken down, really, because it's based on a false foundation in the first place that, you know, marriage, patriarchy, the rest of it is something which casts people into roles, which you just have to kind of pretend to play for the rest of your life. And the whole idea that women's emotional relationships, sexual and reproductive labor doesn't have economic value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me is the cornerstone. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or they, if we give it economic value, that that somehow diminishes women or diminishes the act of love and nurturing. Of mm-hmm. course it doesn't. We have to eat too. Mm-hmm. We can't do it all. Portions. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why paying for my dinner doesn't really do it for me because if I had my preference, that food would not be the case for putting out i'd rather eat my morsels at home and not worry about dinner (laughs) then i just have to go to the gym and work it off go get liposuction to suck it out of me you know yeah (laughs) so how much does your you know you've spoken a couple of times about how much all of this costs visually the botox going to the gym all that sort of stuff how much does it cost you to maintain your appearance to be able to do to generate the kind of value that you need? It's such an interesting conversation because, you know, whenever I bring up the whole grooming, the men in the United States say, oh, I like my women natural. Well, coming from the state I did, which was number three in the nation for plastic surgery behind New York and California, I kept on telling these men, they don't even know what natural looks like. (laughs) You know, and I jokingly, in no disrespect, they say otherwise they'd be finding their women in New Hampshire because it women in New Hampshire. And I say that jokingly, but men don't even know what natural looks like anymore. And if they do, women have paid a lot of money to look very natural. (laughs) So I've spent, I think, probably roughly around $25,000 for procedures. I mean, like I said, my boobs cost $10,000 alone. And then between lipo and a few other nips and tucks and stuff, I've spent about $25,000 there. And then when you add in, you know, hair dye and like I say, Botox and then hormones, I get hormones. 
And I always have the doctor put in extra testosterone in them so that I maintain a sex life because that doesn't come cheap. You don't yeah. just show up at 59 years old with a robust sex drive unless you're on hormones, which cost a lot of money. And then there's just all the other grooming. So I, I think I would average probably, if you don't count all the plastic surgery, I would count that probably four to $500 a month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Between nails and yeah, you know, yeah, sure. waxing yeah. and Botox and hormones. Yeah, yeah. And I used to get the fake eyelashes. I mean, I've had my lips tattooed. And it's a very expensive operation to show up looking like you feel like a sexual woman. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Yeah. No, I and then you know, men show up in cargo shorts and t-shirts, and I show up with, you know, a matching bra and panty set and a new outfit. I mean, I always say the best thing about being a woman is you get to show up with just the right pair of shoes and you can be a cowboy one day and a golfer one day and you can buy all these different things, but it costs money and it costs money to attract the type of man that you want to attract. And so for people to say, well, don't spend that sort of money. Well, that's a rigged game too. Yeah. 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 Not going to get the results you want to get if you do show up in the way that, uh, that you come naturally. That you come naturally yeah. And do you in your head, I mean, back in my in my really crazy sex days, when my friends worried about me and my behavior, I knew that there was a time limit to what I was doing because I just well, I just did. And well, we were told that there was a time limit. And well, I felt that in myself. Oh, I felt gotcha. like and one of my issues around it was that I knew that I was losing touch with my ability to be truly intimate because for me it was so it had become so transactional, even though no money was changing hands. But there was clearly it was still very much in that frame. Playing roles. But play, yeah. yeah, that I knew that. I wasn't in any one serious relationship. I was, you know, I had six boyfriends, all that sort of thing. And I knew that I had lost touch with intimacy with one person and I wanted to get that back. So I, I stopped doing that really to try and get back to that intimacy that I was craving. Do you see a time where you're, you're going to want to stop doing this? Or do you think this, now that you've settled in this place where you're like, this is what it's about for me, that this is something that you can carry on doing for as long as you want to do it? Well, it's a tough question because during the middle of all this, I did meet a gentleman that was through a sugar baby website. He lived in New York. Was He was at his second home in Florida. We started talking and things like that. And I fell head over heels. I mean, on paper, he was amazing. Mm. And he flew out to meet me and we just, I fell hard and fast. And he gave me a line and I immediately rented out my apartment and moved to Florida with him. Come to find out that he lied. He was still married and blah, 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 blah. So, of course, there's the part of me that would absolutely love to have a really incredible relationship where we're absolutely blown away with each other and in love. Yeah, that would be nice. But if my history is indicative of my future, I don't see any man showing up in my life that can handle me because, frankly, 
men are intimidated by me. I had this really incredible life. I've, I've owned multiple businesses. I've traveled the world. I've lived in other countries. I mean, I've really had so many amazing experiences, which is the luxury of being disowned from your family and being an atheist because you get to decide on your own what you want to do in life. So I've really had this amazing life. So I just don't see that many men that are going to show up that are physically healthy. Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah. And or that really understand me. Did they vote for Hillary enthusiastically? Because and I keep on going back to that. But if you didn't vote for Hillary enthusiastically, you can't see me because my life was spent around doing all these amazing careers and jobs and having morons get all the credit mm. and all the money. And if you don't understand that about my life, you will never understand me. Mm. And so anybody that didn't vote for her. And so, like I said, for successful men over 50 to understand the complexities of emotional and relationship and sexual labor, I just don't see it happening. And I really can't face one more conversation trying to explain it to anyone, yeah. you know, without being paid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fair enough. You know, I'll, I'll explain it to you any way you want, as long yeah. as you paid for my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you obviously we got to know each other through the podcast that we did on Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, which really just touched the surface of our different attitudes towards sex work and all of that. And just so delighted that you've spent the time doing this. But have you seen the film? I have seen the film and I had mixed feelings about it. To me, it was one more example of destroying the myth about that men are visual and women are emotional. That is all patriarchal bullshit because the more power money you have, the more visual you get to be. Anybody that has money and power gets to choose visually. <laughs> and so to me, that was, I thought it was a great movie. She's a remarkable. I'm so glad they did it, but it really didn't go into the complexities of what I see the real issues are. No. It really kind of just on the surface, it made it seem like, that sex work was because there was inherent or negotiated relationships were inherently because of problems. And to me, that is the problem with relationships, period, is there's not enough negotiations. No. no. And so to me, it was a great movie. I'm so glad it happened. I think it's going to create all kinds of conversation, but I don't think it holds women to account either to how they need to start doing away with their myths. I mean, so many women say, I could never do what you do. And I say, yeah, I know. I think giving it away for free is working for you really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> the big difference too is like between the genders is women, when something isn't working for them, they bitch and they blame men. When relationships aren't working for men, they're much better at advocating for themselves. And that's why when a relationship isn't working for a man and he's in a long-term 40-year marriage and his sex life has gone away, he's very good at advocating for himself and saying, I'm going to go find me some sex, where women are just going to bitch and complain about men and patriarchy and never actually say, what do I need? What do I want? How do I regain my sexual life? Instead, they go for 40, 50 years faking orgasms. That's not taking responsibility for your sex life. And that's my problem with monogamy is, I mean, I told this, the guy I was engaged to for a nanosecond. 
I don't want to be in charge of your sex life. We will have great sex. I love sex. But if you're not happy, you're responsible for that. I don't want you to bitch one moment about me not being sexual. You take care of it. However, you need to take care of it. And I think that's something that women need to really start dealing with is their internalized dialogue about how they show up in relationships. Completely, completely. I mean, look. A lot of us of a certain age, 50 and above, I'm 61, Peter 62 in a week. Almost happy birthday. Um, <laughs> the 23rd yeah. is my birthday. You know. Oh, uh, 22nd is my. 22nd. There you go. There you go. You're the cancer. I'm the Leo. Yeah. Then, look, I wasn't told to talk about sex when I was younger. My parents were not not open about it, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about pleasure. It certainly wasn't taught in schools. Sex was a biological experience that two people got together and there was this thing and this thing and they went together in a certain way and that was it and that and that made babies and that was the end of the discussion. So yeah. all of our conversation and learning around sex, and we, we talk about this in our last episode, was based on trial and error, based on just what we heard. And then later on, kind of triple X movies came along and, you know, you might, might have gone to see one of those, but that wasn't going to teach you anything about sex. It didn't teach you anything at all. So we had no vernacular to talk about pleasure. And I think for many women, pleasure has been so, they're so repressed. The fact that that movie dealt with a a 60-year-old woman who had never had an orgasm. I mean, can you imagine a 60-year-old man who'd never had an orgasm? I mean, let's face it, that's never going to happen unless his willy just didn't exist, right? Exactly. So it's still quite shameful amongst women to just even talk about pleasure, to talk about masturbation, to talk about any types of different sorts of experiences. And, and so I'm not surprised when men meet women like you or they meet women like me and they go, wow. And then they open up to us because it is women's responsibility, but let's face it, we haven't been taught so we well, had neither, to neither men that's the yeah problem. well no well, yeah. well no, i think i think even women that are sexually and i think well, i think women that are even sexually empowered are not being seen they do what i did they go out there and they just have all kinds of great sex and they're really happy and they're sexually fulfilled etc but they're tired Because they're having to work full time and have all these demands on them and they're not feeling seen. And so the payoff to be a sexual woman isn't there. And so they just say, you know what, Netflix is easier. And then you add in the gaslighting and paying for your own beer and children and grandchildren. It's just become where it's not possible. Even if you are the most sexually empowered woman and you're giving it away. I mean, just before I started doing this, I was in an FWB relationship and it got a little rough and there was a little bit of a tear and I got a a UTI over it and things like that. That doctor appointment cost me $400. And I said to him, I said, oh my gosh, $400, buddy, come on. And he goes, not my problem. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so it's just like well, if I have not decided to do this, am yeah. I really willing to get into another FWB's position? Or I'm looking at a man by the second or third date saying, Does this money have the 
guy have the financial resources and the desire to be married again and invest in my future? You can't decide that. So you start having sex and then all of a sudden you find out he's still not even married. You know, he's still not even divorced. Yeah. Yeah, So it's it's such a landmine that women just have shut it down or they, or they're starting to look at other women. That's very true as well. And I have thought about that. (laughs) I, I, I got on the POF site for women, but what I find astounding there is I swear 95% of the women that have contacted me have Christian on their profile. And I think the internal misogyny of women even just claim that moniker is something I can't deal with. And so the over 50 crowd of women are still dealing with a lot of internalized misogyny. And if I show up in that relationship and say, look, what I do for a profession, do you want a relationship? I just think it's a landmine. I just don't know how I would do it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to know, to just round this off, since you started doing this and before, I think the last question on my list was, has your impression of men changed at all during this period of time? And how has it changed? Absolutely. I think that, I mean, I got the myth of that men only want younger women has now been destroyed for me. That's no longer true. You know, are women over 50 invisible or undesirable? That is no longer true. Are men willing to do their part? Yes, to a degree. And so those myths have been uh, taken, uh, destroyed. But I still don't think men are realizing, I mean, I still get a lot of men complaining that women aren't sexual. They're, They're taking very little responsibility for the breakdown of relationships as far as the emotional work, the childcare, all that labor, I call it the underpaid labor of relationships. They're still not taking any responsibility in that way. Mm -hmm. And they're not relating their sex life and their women into the the larger economy. Mm -hmm. They're still not getting that you can't expect women to be in the masculine for 50, 60, 70 hours a week and then come home and, you know, show up in the bedroom with some hot little number. It just doesn't work. So the big thing I've got is I think for the over 50 crowd, it's completely hopeless. And for the younger crowd, they've got to get into these negotiated relationships and make it so difficult on society and men that men actually start voting in a way that families and relationships can be nurtured and held together. So the over 50 crowd, I think it's hopeless, but the under 50 crowd, I think the young women on these sites are learning so much. I mean, and that's one thing parents need to realize. So many young women have figured out the game and they have figured out that they can get their needs met and have it funded correctly. They're learning things beyond what most over 50 crowd are just clueless about. So I feel sorry for the young men growing up because they're so stuck in this mindset that if they show up and have a job, Mm. that they get sex. And that's no longer true. Mm -hmm. We want them actually to be complete whole human beings. I mean, my mother, who was a working mother, said to me, because I see young women now trying to start companies, trying to start families, trying to be sexual, trying to be this, trying to be that. And then you see them on a lot of forums I'm on, completely exhausted, complaining about being absolutely, totally shattered. Because, of course, 
men, it, there's still the expectation that it is the woman who is the child, main primary person involved in childcare and all this stuff mm. with the expectation on top of that, that now you want a job. Oh, now you want this. Now you want that. Well, even if oh, they don't want it. You know, even if they don't want a job, even if they want to stay home, the vulnerability that that leaves them at the end game with no retirement. And that's why. No, no, that's right. They're left with no pension, no nothing. So exactly. Or begging the courts to like give them a a small pension of what they're owed. You know, so I can, my mother said to me, she said, women, they want it all and you can have it all. But she said, just not all at once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and and that's very common. But the thing is, is I remember back in 1996, I got in a short relationship after my first marriage and he was 15 years older and he blew on it with his family. So he wanted a new family. And I don't know where this came from, but I actually wrote up a contract for him at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived in a town of 300. <laughs> I mean, our neighbors were dairy farmers. I don't know where this came from, but I wrote up a contract that said, okay, I want an equal retirement plan as you have at work. I want, I mean, I already have a four-year-old, five-year-old, and six-year-old. If we're going to have a baby, I want to stay home till they're two and a half. And then I only want to, you know, I wrote up everything I need. And he said, I'm not going to sign that. And I said, great, we're not going to have a baby then. (laughs) So the point being is, I don't think women want to do it all. But society has forced them. I mean, because eventually you have to have something and the courts are not, they say the courts are on your side. I hear all these men claiming, and I'm sure there are men that got cheated, but it's the mere fact that you're having to take 50% of his retirement for you. That isn't fair. So why aren't we insisting that companies allow you to fully fund both two retirements. I mean, women need to be able to absolutely exist on the other end of the game. So I don't think women want to do it all, but we can't be vulnerable like we are at this particular point. No, and listen, I mean, the reality is, as we know, that I keep the roof over my head by renting out two rooms in my house. I have multiple jobs. I get paid from this one and that one and the other one. My pension is not huge. And I've just got to keep going, right? I mean, that's the situation. I just got to keep going. And I'm luckier than a lot of women I know. And most of these women, let's face it, they're single. And Mm. they're desperate for a partner, desperate for a partner. But their idea of a partner, as you've said, is a tick list of unachievable boxes. They are never going to get all those boxes ticked ever. Mm. They remain perpetually single and they complain about being financially vulnerable, which they are. And yet I don't think that any of them would even remotely consider being in a negotiated relationship, even though to me, listening to you, I can see a hundred percent why it makes so much sense, especially if you don't live in a country like the UK, where we still, God willing, have the NHS and Mm. we have our healthcare paid for and a lot of things because women, older women in the States are so vulnerable. I mean, so incredibly vulnerable. And so, you know, I mean, it's not a great game for men either. No, no, no. it's just, it's just a system that's based on the confiscation of wealth from above to below, then you're always going to end up like that. Yeah, Um, capitalism has killed relationships. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. The problem is that within that capitalist economy, you still have a degree of patriarchal positive benefits for the men. Exactly. Uh, 
when it comes to relationship goals or decisions that you make about relationship yeah. or who it is you want, how it is you see the person. So, of course, both are interlinked, the socio-political, economic and the cultural sort of relationship goals. Exactly. And I guess what we're trying to do is tease out how that it's possible to live uh, an authentic life within this this system. And it's an old question of how you have authenticity within an inauthentic system. I think that's the really nuts and bolts of it, is that you have to decide and really own what you need. And everything has to be on the table, including yeah. cash. I always say you have to be able to own and I think over 50 is that men have to face it. Reparations need to be made, mm. you know, to every community. And they've either got to do it systemically with the right, putting in a political system that actually works, mm. or they've got to come up with it individually. But it, we can't just be pretending that this dogma is helpful. I also think I want to bring up the internalized, the whole idea that do men like women? Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, when you have been raised in a Christian society, which we are, yeah. that men and women have never looked at anything other than that men have all the right to the power and the answers. Mm-hmm. And when you've been raised from birth, that men only have the right to power and answers. It's very hard to look at women that have power and answers as being desirable. And I also think that men from a very young age, they have been given a, a very unhealthy dialogue about women. So they spend a lot of time in their brain going, well, when I talk about what I gave away, including a business, et cetera, including a retirement, et cetera, to men and stuff like that, a lot of men, well, well that was stupid. That was dumb. They're in their head going, Women are so stupid. They believe me when I said I had their back. They believe me when they said I wasn't married. They believe me. They believe. So they spend a lot of time with this internal dialogue of women are stupid. And women spend a lot of time projecting their love. Yeah. You know, and a lot of time projecting they're, they're wanting to nurture. They're wanting to show up. And so there is a really distasteful dialogue. I think it comes out as do men really like women or do yeah. they just need women? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is a really unhealthy dialogue I think a lot of men have about women and especially the over 50 crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think there's so much that we've grown up with, so much very challenging learned behavior mm. and we have to unwind a lot of that. Mm. And we're each trying to do that some of the more enlightened people, I think, like in our own ways, you know, whether it's opening up a relationship, whether it's negotiated relationships, whether it's learning how to articulate your desires within your relationship that you've had for a while. None of this stuff at this age is easy. I think, I think, I think think that's for me, that's the thing. It's exhausting. It's really hard. And you just have to kind of accept that you're a trailblazer and and be it, you know, you have to, you have to own your trailblazing I always have. Aloneness. I always have. aloneness, aloneness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because being a trailblazer means you're always going to be out in front. Yeah. And that means you've always got to, uh, you've got to have the expectation that somebody's going to be protecting your back. And that's 
what's going on, I think, with lots of relationships is that one forges ahead, usually the woman, of, <laughs> <laughs> within a relationship, and it doesn't feel as though they're getting their back covered at all, that, that they're out there doing this stuff, be it just everyday sort of uh, childcare and the rest of it, but also taking responsibility for the relationship yeah, and for how the man is feeling. I mean, when I think about the way my mother behaved, I mean, she made herself look more stupid than she was as a deliberate tactic because the men she went with were pretty stupid as well. In either in terms of relationships were fairly Neanderthal and or themselves were fairly Neanderthal. And so there's this joint all the time between the roles you play and the roles you assume and the roles you project and the person you project mm. into this relationship and what the relationship then actually is, because the roles and the perception perverts the relationship itself, I think. You can never have this authentic relationship, or at least it's very difficult to yeah. get an authentic relationship that covers all of those various different uh, levels. Agreed. But honestly, it's been, been so hugely enlightening to That's hear good. about your life and to hear your point of view. So much food for thought and reflections upon my own past sexual history now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would you'll just find agree. Me, you'll find me on Sugar Baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, what we just Amazing. really need to and, and, yeah, encapsulate all this is that people need to be much braver. Yeah. about being honest about what they want and what yeah. they need and being able to be empowered enough to walk away from relationships where someone doesn't really want to discuss those points. And that's women more than men need to be called on the carpet about really being honest about what they need and what they want. And then just asking men to be honest would be nice because I think men have a lot of issues about being authentically truthful. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. We're scared of it. <laughs> yeah. No, Anyways, what an absolute wonderful time. I've, I've really had a great time talking. This has been really you, great. Thank you, That's been awesome. <laughs> and yeah, we'll be in touch when it's released. I hope so. That would be great. I'd love a copy. Yeah, yeah of well, course. of course. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.